Welcome to FOP Church Message of the Week. We pray you are challenged by the Word. For more information, please visit www.fhop.church. This morning, I want to talk to you about that we are chosen. Let me rephrase that. You are chosen. You are chosen, and you are chosen to worship God. It's not, it's not burning on your heart yet, but I, I'm telling you, by the time you walk out of this place, what I want you to do, what I want you to be is completely burning with the reality that I am chosen by the creator of the universe. I am chosen by, by him. Um, Wes, can you come up? Can you kind of share a little bit of your word that you gave me earlier? And like I said, I'm just trying to figure this stuff out in real time. So here we go. You're good. You're good. Um, so this morning, uh, on the way to church, I was just thinking about, it's kind of been on my heart for a while now about creation as a whole crying out for the creator. So uh, just so we're all clear, I'm talking about God. He's the creator, and we are part of his creation. And so I was coming to church this morning, me and my wife coming down the road, and I was telling her, I said, look at the trees. They can't help but worship the creator. Like it's their DNA to grow toward the thing that's giving them life. That's the sun. For us, it's the sun. Like, like, hear me clear, it's the Son, S-O-N, that gives all things life. And he brought it all together through his word. It was all created through him, by him, and for him. That's Bible. So when I was looking at that, the wind was kind of, you know, it's Arkansas, so it's kind of windy. And I see the trees kind of swaying. I'm like, man, this is all of creation is uttering a prophetic word constantly growing toward the creator of all things maturing as they were called in all things growing up and and the thing that's unseen is causing the trees to worship the thing unseen so like follow me okay i know it's kind of weird but the wind is blowing the trees the thing unseen and they're worshiping and they're swaying the creator because of the power of the unseen. You with me? We as creation should be crying out uncontrollably to the creator. We should be allowing that thing, the Holy Spirit that's unseen, to, con- to allow us to worship the creator. It gives us unction. It gives us power. It gives us authority. It gives us direction. It gives us everything that's ever needed to honor the creator. The trees, the grass, the flowers cannot help but to praise the creator. It's a prophetic utterance of who we're supposed to be. We should be uncontrollably praising the creator 
in all parts of our life. Like 100%. So when I'm, I'm here, and I, look, I'm just honest, so I'm here and I'm hearing them singing about what heaven is supposed to look like, and I see us, and I'm like, man, if this is what heaven looks like, count me out. I'm just being real because we're just going through emotion. It's Pastor Appreciation Day, and Drew, I appreciate you so much. I, I do, man. I appreciate your honor and your trust toward me to allow me to have this place. More than anything, I honor my Creator for giving me a place to worship Him and honor Him in everything that I do. Thank you for trusting me. Thank you for allowing me to be the weird dude that screams and, and yells and just wants to honor the Lord with everything that I've got because I can't help it, Drew. I'm not trying to build me up, man. I can't help but worship my creator. He's in every part of my life, Drew. He's honored me. He's, he's allowed me to have so many giftings according to his word and according to his will and he's taught me how to steward those things and then he ends up blessing me with more and I can't help but worship him because of that I can't help but scream out his name I can't help but minister to the lady that's lowered in my groceries this morning I can't help it because I'm his creation and I'm yearning inside to cry out all the goodness that I see in his life goodness that I see coming out of you Drew goodness that I see coming out of our worship team out of our leaders here out of our leadership there's something to the word of the Lord in our lives it should make us uncontrollably worship and honor him with every aspect of our life and all I seen this morning was people going through the motions some were not most were just here because, hey, man, it's church. It's what I've always done. We're just going to get through this thing. I smell the spaghetti. Can't wait to get there. That kind of thing. And that is dishonor to my creator. And I can't help but call it out because he's worth every bit of honor that I can muster in my life. He's worth every bit of honor, every bit of glory, every bit of praise that can come out of me. He's worthy of all of that because I've seen the faithfulness and the goodness of the Lord in my life. Surely you've seen it in yours. And if you have, then why are you not standing and shouting His goodness for everybody to hear and see? We should be boiling inside. Can't wait to let it out. Can't wait to just scream out His loving goodness, His kindness, His mercies. I'll take that. Come back to the heart of worship. Come on. And listen, listen, if you're this morning, you're either challenged by it, maybe it wasn't for you, maybe you're challenged by it, maybe you're offended by it. All I know is that when you throw a rock into a pack of dogs, the one that yelps is the one that got hit. If that offended you this morning, maybe that was a word for you. Yeah, this this man loves people. That's that's uh, 
we have to dig in deeper. It, here's the reality. God has chosen us to worship him. That's what I'm going to talk about this morning. And, and uh, um, uh, did we get the PowerPoint stuff going? I don't know. It might be a little funky because we've had some technology issues this morning. It doesn't matter. The, the reality is, is we're, we're talking about the word this morning. You, you are chosen by God to worship. And if, guess what? If you, don't, if you don't worship, the Lord will choose a rock to cry out. Like, like that's a thing. The Lord will be worshipped either by you or by a rock. Romans tells us that all of creation testifies about the Lord. And so all of us are without excuse. The Lord, he is good. And, and, and we are people who want to surrender. But, but sometimes it takes, when we come into a place of worship, it takes us sacrificing our own pride and our own will, our own distractions, so that we can be focused on the king of the universe. That's the reason we gather here. Jesus is good. I don't know exactly why. I do feel like I'm supposed to bring this up now, though. Um, but I believe this is also from the Lord. Some of you guys are going to think it's weird. That's okay. Um, I read the Bible. It, the whole thing's weird. Um, it's just weird. So I'm, I'm over there, and Drew, first of all, I want to say thank you for your word from the Lord this morning. And you, you have, what you were speaking over me was dead on. And I just want you to know that, so that there's that confidence you hear from the Lord. Um, and, then, and then your daughter, and forgive me, I've forgotten her name. Huh? Kaylani. Kaylani, yes, I knew that. Um, Kaylani is three. And Kehlani had a word from the Lord, uh, three years old, and she, she felt like she needed to share it with the pastor. Can I tell you this? This is what it was. It was this. I have money. Three-year-old ain't got no money. I wonder if it wasn't a three-year-old trying to speak to us this morning. Did you know? And as soon as she said it, the Lord was like, I have everything you need, Drew. Like, I have everything you need. But I didn't ask her. I was like, Kaylani, can I borrow, you know, 50 bucks? I like, that's not it. The Lord is trying to speak in a moment. The Lord has what you need. And the Lord would choose to use a three-year-old to speak. And that's the word of the Lord for some of you this morning. He has money. He's your provider. Mm. My dad said to me the other day, the Lord is almost late almost all of the time. That's what it seems like for us, right? From our perspective, Lord, you're just almost late, almost all the time. How many know he's right on time? He's on his time. 
But from where we're sitting, Lord, you're almost late. Almost all, oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, Lord, thank you. Thank you for stirring us up this morning. Mm. Can we just pray for a second? Can we just... Father, great is your faithfulness. Thank you that you speak. Thank you that you speak to us, Lord. God, I pray that this morning we would be people with an ears to hear. Lord God, let F-Hop hear the word of the Lord this morning. Lord God, let me hear your word this morning. Let every person sitting in this room hear your word this morning. Lord, we're humbled that the creator of the universe would choose to speak to us. Lord, we posture our heart and humility this morning to receive your word. Jesus' name. Amen. Turn with me, if you will. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> Truth. The, 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 whole, the Holy Spirit's always trying to speak to you. Always. Always. If you always just walk around, Lord, where are you in the moment that I'm in? It's one of my life declarations. I will look for the Lord in the moment that I'm in. So you're in the middle of a mess. Look for the Lord. You're in the middle of a great, great moment. Look for the Lord. You're on a roller coaster. Look for the Lord. Some of you are looking for the Lord. You're on a roller coaster. <laughs> Lord, I need you. Um, in, in, in every moment, we're just looking for the Lord. Listening for his spirit. This is... Yeah. Okay, turn with me to Luke chapter 1. This is what I want to start off with. I want to say Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And um, sorry about my font there. It kind of talking about chosen, not cos and I don't know what that's all about. Um, Merry Christmas. Uh, I want to say this. Um, Christmas, uh, this is at Walmart yesterday. They've already rolled out all the decorations. And for you who say Christmas doesn't start until after Thanksgiving, I say to you, I have no problem celebrating that the God of the universe became a man for three months out of the year. I have no problem with that. And if you do, then uh, let me minister to you after church. You can come talk to me after church. <laughs> Why don't you like Christmas? Um, no, I'm just, I get it. Some people are like, no, you got to wait till Thanksgiving's over. Man, Thanksgiving's just practice for Christmas. That's okay, we'll give you that. No, no, no Christmas music till after, uh, till after Thanksgiving. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Um, there's a song 
Maybe you've heard it, Mary Did You Know. How many have heard that song? Ironically enough, written by a comedian, a Christian comedian. Um, not a funny song, though. A serious song. Um, Mary Did You Know, I have a, a, a dear friend that hates this song. Um, because of Luke chapter 1, Mary Did You Know, and she would argue, yes, Mary knew. Luke chapter 1, it says this in verse 26, it says, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. Let, let's stop. This is a Christmas story some of us heard uh, lots of times, and you think, Pastor Drew, you're not supposed to preach this out of this text for another two or three months. Um, I would say no. But I want you to look at a word there, O favored one. First of all, an angel is appearing to her. This is the part where if this were me, I would lose my mind. Most people, when they have an encounter with just an angel of the Lord, they lose their minds in Scripture. They get down on their knees. They, they, they freak out a little bit. And verse 29, it says that she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. Uh, she was, well, what's going on here? It seemed very positive, but she still wasn't so sure, was she? What could this be, right? What's going on here? And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you, you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, or as we sing this morning, Yeshua. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord will give him the throne of his father David over the house of Jacob forever and ever, and his kingdom there will be no end. And then she's freaking out because she's like, but I'm a virgin. And and angel says, look, with God, all things are possible. But what I want to focus on here is a word that pops up a couple times in verse 28 and in verse 30. They're similar words, but in verse 28, it says, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. O favored one. O favored one. And we see that, and we think Mary must have been something special to be favored. And it says it again in, in verse 30. It says, you have found favor with God. I don't know that, that uh, this is maybe the best translation of this word because it makes, it kind of puts Mary up on this pedestal. Now, don't get me wrong. To be chosen to carry God in the flesh is no small thing. But this word right here, favor, isn't like, you know, this is just my favorite. So it's just better than everything else kind of favor. Now, this word favor right here is to bestow a grace upon. It's this 
You know what grace is? The unearned favor of the Lord. It's that kind of word, favor. It's not like, you know, I'm so good and I'm glad now everyone finally recognizes it. It's not that. Favor, if you, if you give me just a second and allow me to, to pull this up right here. This word, it means to make graceful, to endow with grace, to bestow freely on. It's like I make you favorable. I put grace upon you. Like it's not, it's not you were pretty great, so I chose you. It's I chose you, so now you're pretty great. It's a complete reversal of the way we think of this. And this is why we don't worship Mary. And there's sects of Christianity that do. But we don't because we have a right understanding. Mary wasn't special and chosen. She was chosen. And that made her special. It's to freely bestow grace upon. And then if you look at the verse 30, this word favor, you have found favor. It means grace or kindness. It's blessing. It's out of gratitude and, and thanks. So when Mary was favored, it was just that she was bestowed grace upon. Did you know we also get the same grace. Look at Ephesians chapter 1. In Ephesians chapter 1. It says this in verse 6. To praise of his glorious grace, which he has blessed us in the beloved. Now, if you look up here on the screen at HCSB, they have a hard time with this. It says this in that one. It says, to the praise of his glorious grace that he favored us in the beloved. This is the same word that Gabriel used with Mary. The exact same word, that he favored us. The, the creator of the universe favored us. And it's such a crazy word that translators have a hard time with it. Because I told you it means to bestow grace upon. To be favored. But if we look at the ESV, it actually says that he has blessed us in the beloved. So it means to be favored. It means Grace bestowed upon it means to be blessed. If we look at the New Living Translation, they said he has poured out on us. His grace, he has poured out on us. It's like this imagery of just freely dumping grace, like here's a bunch of grace. You just get it all. If you look at the King James, KJV, we go old school. It says that he has made us accepted. Like translators just don't know what to do with this word. It means all of these things. It means all of these things. It means that the God of the universe, he looks at us and says, I'm going to make you special because I choose you, because I give you grace and favor. That is us. 
that is me. I, I, what, what floored me this last week, I, I think it was like Monday night, I was watching the show The Chosen, which, I, Jamie, I just really recommend it. Um, and um, in this one episode, it, it was Mary, the mother of Jesus, and she was sitting down with the disciples. And uh, this part isn't in the word of God, but she made a statement in there that I thought was so incredibly true. They, they asked her what it was like having Jesus as a baby. And she made this statement. She said, it was like everything I'd heard about having a baby, but I thought this would be completely different. Right? Because it's the Son of God. So, so it's got to be different, right? But then she says this, but he was born and I had to clean him off. He was cold and he was crying and he needed my help. My help. A teenager from Nazareth. He was crying and he needed me. How insane that this baby needed Mary. Needed her. Now, let's be really clear. This baby is the God of the universe. Colossians 2.9 tells us that in Christ, the fullness of the deity of God dwells in bodily form. Thomas, you guys remember doubting Thomas? Yeah, he doubted a lot less than you and I. Doubting Thomas when he walks in the room and Jesus is standing there. He's like, I'm not going to believe until I touch your hands and your side. And so he touches it and then he believes. And then this is the statement that Thomas says about Jesus. He says, my Lord and my God. Let's be really clear. Thomas understood that Jesus just wasn't some guy. That Jesus is God in the flesh. And in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11, it says this. It says, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, a servant, a baby, if you will, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. And then it goes on to say, which isn't actually part of my sermon today, but we might as well read it. It says, therefore God has exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Here's what I'm trying to say. When Mary was holding that little wet, icky baby that was cold and crying, she was holding the God of the universe in her hands, and he needed her. But let me make something clear. He didn't need her. He chose her. He chose her. He favored her. His grace was upon her. 
He said, I'm going to need somebody to partner with me and my plan for humanity. And Mary, I choose you. And we look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 6, and it says that we are the same kind of chosen. We are the same kind of favored. Just as Mary was favored, given a grace to partner with the greatest story in all of humanity, so are we. And if we actually look in verse 4 of Ephesians 1, it says this. It says, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of, wor- of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love, he predestined us in adoption as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. And then it goes on to say, to the praise of his glorious grace in which he has favored us in the beloved. Here's what he's saying. He says, before the foundation of the world, before Before the Lord said, let there be light, he chose you. He chose you. And it says he adopted us as sons. He predestined us to be adopted, and that's just mind-blowing. Like, we, we argue about that in theological circles all the time. Well, if we're predestined, then why do we need to tell people about Jesus? Because Jesus said to. If we're predestined, then the predestined ones will just figure it out on their own. No. No, Jesus said for us to say stuff, so we're going to say stuff. What's blowing my mind this morning is this. The God of the universe has chosen Drew to partner with him. Like, here's the thing. God doesn't need me any more than he needed Mary. He doesn't need me, but he chose me. And because he chose me, I'm special. It wasn't, man, Drew's pretty special. I better choose him. Listen, we're we're not playing kickball this morning. You remember playing kickball when you were a kid? All right, it's time to pick teams. Everybody line up. Oh, man. Some Some of you were like me. You hated that. It's time to pick teams. You knew you were getting picked last. Why? Because you're awful at everything. If it had a ball, I knew I was going to lose. I'll just go run. Anybody want to do a a running competition? No, that's dumb. Okay. Some of us knew when it came time for people to choose things, we were going to get picked last. What's crazy is the God of the universe. He chooses you just the way you are. He's not waiting for you to get yourself in shape or get better or clean yourself up or any of that. The God of the universe is looking at you and he has a specific plan and purpose for your life, Robert. And he's had that plan since the world began. He's chosen you. Like each one of you sitting in this room, he's chosen you. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter your background or your history or what you've come from, the God of the universe has chosen you. In John chapter 15, 
verse 16, and, and this is, we like this one a lot around here. Um, in John chapter 15, and you can go there because in a minute we're going to be going to another place in John 2. But in John 15, Jesus is talking to his disciples. He, we preached this last week that he no longer calls us servants, but he calls us friends. And in verse 16, he says, you did not cho- choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. Here's, here's the thing. You're chosen. You're chosen. Like when you realize that, it should just make you a little more confident in your walk with the Lord that he chose me what what was so good about me the answer is nothing and every value that you have sitting in this room today it completely comes from the fact that you are chosen by the god of the universe that he loves you and he has a plan for your life and i know you've heard it probably if you've been in church for a while that god loves you and he has a plan for your life but if i could just rip the callus off your heart for a moment remind you again that god loves you and he still has a plan for your life today That you did not screw it up. Friends, we have to get place past the place of passivity. We have to get past the place of complacency. The reason he chose us isn't just so we could walk around and say, I've been chosen. But the reason he has chosen us is so that we could walk into a community that needs him. That we could go and make disciples. That we can go and proclaim the goodness of our Lord and Savior who has brought us from death unto life. The crazy thing about being chosen is that you have to choose him back. Like you can be chosen in Matthew 22. And excuse me because the wording here is going to be a little different. He says called here. But you just go with me on this. It says, Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. And his servants he sent to call those who were invited to the wedding feast. But they would not come. Y'all, we have a world that we're calling to Jesus. And they're saying, no, we don't want to have anything to do with him. Again, he sent other servants saying, tell those who are invited, see, I've prepared my dinner. My ox and my fat calves have been slaughtered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. But they paid no attention and went off one to his farm, another to his business. The world is too busy for Jesus. He doesn't fit into their plans. While the rest seized the servants, treated them shamefully and killed them. Some are actually hostile to the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we see that in our culture today. The king was angry and he sent his troops and destroyed those murderers and burned the city. Then he said to his servants, the wedding feast is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore to the main roads and invite to the wedding feast as many as you find. 
And those servants went out into the roads and gathered all whom they found, both good and bad. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. And do you know that's us this morning? We're here by the grace of God. Like, was I deserving to be here? I don't even know. But when the king came in to look at the wedding, he saw a man who had no wedding garment. And he said to him, friend, how did you get into the wedding without a garment? And he was speechless. And the king said to the attendant, bind him hand and foot and cast him into outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. We, we so flippantly sometimes walk through our day without the reality that we are chosen. Not realizing that is not only just special, but it is the grace of God upon us, not ourselves. By grace we are saved on ourselves it is the gift of God and this morning I look around the room at a group of people who have been given the gift of God it's his grace and his mercy that's been poured out on you this morning that you could stand confidently and say I've been chosen by the creator of the universe I look at John chapter 19 worship team if you'll come In John chapter 19, verse 28, it says this. It says, and this, after this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. Can can I just stop and say that Jesus was thirsty? Like, y'all, I don't think we understand sometimes that Jesus, like Jesus, he was fully God, but he was fully man. And the picture right here is that he's hanging on the cross, sleep deprived. First of all, it's miserable to be sleep deprived. You've been there? It's miserable. He's sleep deprived. He's been beaten and hit. His beard ripped out. A crown of thorns shoved into his head. He's been whipped. He's carried across up a hill. Calvary, Golgotha, the place of the skull. And he's nailed to a cross with his hands and his feet. He's nailed there. And while he's hanging there, brutally beaten naked on the tree, he gets thirsty. Like, he is fully God. At any time, at any time, he could call for the angels to come and swoop him up. In fact, they mock him. They say, you've saved others. Save yourself. He could. 
but this God of the universe has limited himself fully to human form. That is, he's hanging on the cross. He's thirsty. The same way that when he was born, he was cold and hungry. And what gets me is, is he's hanging there. And he says, I, I thirst. It says in verse 29, a, a jar full of sour wine stood there. So they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and they held it to his mouth. And when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Many theologians say that the reason he asked for the drink was so that he would have enough voice left to be able to actually say, it is finished. That he knew, I said, my my throat's dry. It's like when I'm up here sometimes preaching, I, I ought to get through it, so I... I take a drink so I can keep talking. And so here's Jesus hanging on the cross, and he knows he wants to utter these words. It is finished. So first he says, I'm thirsty. The God of the universe is thirsty. And he's waiting for someone to partner with him to lift something up to his mouth so he can finish the work that he has set out to do. Like, he needed someone. He brought himself to a place of humility where he needed someone to help him so he could proclaim his message. And this morning, like, where are we? Are we to the place where where we're willing to partner with what God wants us to do? He could do whatever he wants, but for some reason he has chosen us just like he chose Mary to take care of him as a baby, just like he needed someone to lift up that wine to him so that he could finish what he had to declare. He's chosen us to help with these things. But where are we as we stand around the cross? Are we there waiting to see what he needs? There was those as they stood there, they realized that surely this man is the son of God. As they hung there next to him, they realized this man shouldn't be there. He's done nothing wrong. What gets me is while some are attending to the needs of the man hanging on the cross, there's others who want to be a part of the action. They realize there's something special about this guy. Oh, wait, look, here's his garment. I bet these are worth something. And what do they start doing? They start casting lots so they can have a, a special piece of this famous man. Oh, look, I, I got his, I got a shirt. Look how spirit, look, look, I got a shirt. And I think that's us sometimes. Sometimes we get so busy being religious that we're not seeing how we can partner with the man hanging on the cross. Instead, we're arguing over ministry with the way our church does things versus another. All this is a glorified version of casting lots for his clothing. No, 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 look, this is the way you should. See, I've, I've got Jesus' shirt. I know how it should go. We're more concerned with the stuff than the man himself. 
where the machine of the church becomes more important than the mission of the Savior who bled and died to save it. The reality is that the Lord could have summoned angels and destroyed those Roman soldiers in a heartbeat. He could have gotten all the drink he ever wanted. And yet he chose someone to hold up a branch and give him a little drink. And like, the question is then for me is like, what do I do? Like, what do you do? Like, he chose you, but do you choose him? Men of the church, listen to me this morning. This is not a passive message where I'm just going to end and say, okay, let's go do something, whatever's next. This is a call this morning. This is a call for us to say, you know what? I have been chosen and I will lead. Men, you are called to be leaders of your home. We were talking about this morning. We live in a society that, that tries to push men down. Now granted, generations past, it tried to push women down. And it's pushing men down when men are called to be leaders of their home. And I'm proud to say we have so many men in our congregation that lead their home, but sometimes we feel afraid and ashamed. We apologize for the decisions we make even though we know they're what God is calling us to say and do. And men, this morning, I'm going to say, you are chosen. You were chosen to lead that family. You were chosen. You were chosen to be a student of the word. Like, he chose you. And the question is, is, will you choose him? Men, here in a minute, I'm going to give an altar call. I'm going to ask you to come and join me up here. Now ladies, we're not leaving you out because we know in Christ there's neither Greek nor Jew, male nor female, right? I'm just combating something that's prevalent in our culture. Woo. We believe that the Lord has used the women of this church mightily and will continue to do so. Because unfortunately, in some churches, women's voices are silenced, and we won't do that either. Three years ago, the Lord called me to be a disciple maker. And I know I've talked about this a hundred times, but it's the thing that changes my life. Y'all, it's the decision that put me on the path that I am today. That three years ago, and you can flip over that, that my friend David Brockman, he said, will you, will you come and follow me? And as we sat there, we got in the Word together, the first thing, it's right here, it's on the front of my disciple journey, the first thing the Lord ever spoken to me, the first Jesus letter, if you ever sit with me in discipleship, is this, Drew, I love you, and I choose you. And like, just to be honest, this morning, 
Drew, that's exactly what you prayed over me this morning. That's exactly the word of the Lord you said over me. It's like you, you are called or chosen. He didn't know I was about to preach. You're in the place you need to be in. Some of you, you, you think you're here this morning because your parents drug you here. You think you're here this morning because your spouse drug you here. You think you're here this morning because it's just your routine. I'm telling you, you're in this room this morning because you were chosen. The Lord of the universe loves you and he chooses you, but then he says this, choose me. Choose me. When I, when I see the disciples and how they decided to leave everything to follow Jesus, that was a decision they had to make that I will forsake everything else and follow Christ. Choose me. And that's the call that the Lord is saying this morning. The altar call is pretty simple this morning, ladies and gentlemen. Do you choose Christ? He chose you. Do you choose him? And this is what's crazy. He has a specific plan and purpose that only you can accomplish. Only you. I've messed up too much. No, you haven't. No, you haven't. I've gotten it wrong. No, no, you haven't. I don't know enough Bible. It doesn't matter. You're still chosen. Man, I'm just not feeling it this morning, Pastor. I just, I'm tired. doesn't matter. doesn't matter how tired you are. doesn't matter how emotional you are. doesn't matter how bored you are, excited you are. The God of the universe chooses you. And the question is, do you choose him? Do you choose him? Bow your heads. Close your eyes. Think about this. The God of the universe became a baby in a feeding trough. He humbled himself. He needed help. Mary gave it to him. 33 years later, he's hanging naked on a cross. He's thirsty. And someone lifted up. They he needed help. Not because he needed help, because he chose to let others help him. Will you help him this morning? Will you choose him? Will you partner with him? Will you sacrifice your wants and your wills and your ways for the king of the universe? This morning, it's pretty simple. If you say, this morning, I choose Christ, I invite you to come. I invite you to come. like a tree planted by you for your glory and I I want to build up all your walls saying yes every time you call you have chosen Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, including service times, contact information, and online giving, please visit www.fhop.church.